Welcome to Bloody Mary, a podcast about horror movies and what they mean to us. I'm your host, Kristen Lighty, and I'm very excited tonight. We have with us the very funny comedian, Antoinette Stevens. Hey. Hello. Hello. Hey, why don't you tell the people a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yep. I am a comedian uh, based in Des Moines right now, but I'm actually moving to Georgia at the end of November. Um, very excited about that. I've been doing comedy for a little over two years now, almost three. Um, but in my day job, I'm a security engineer. So I work in tech. Oh, cool. Very yeah. exciting. So yeah. what uh, what made you want to move back to Georgia? My parents are from there. Uh, well, I'm from there. So my parents are still there and they're aging and it's scary. So oh, I would yeah. like to go back. Yeah, that's super important. want to be close to family, especially to be there for them. That makes a lot of sense. Plus, hopefully you can vote in this runoff that might happen. <laughs> I feel I feel like I, I thought about that, too. I feel like if I did that, someone would definitely accuse me of like voter fraud. <laughs> as long as we win, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, we are recording the day after the election, so I still got that on my mind. And I'm still just trying to wrap my mind around how Wisconsin went for Evers. And Ron Johnson, like same. Johnson. Well, not for yours. Uh, mine is more just. I'm very incredulous about how close Warnock and Herschel Walker are. Yeah, in their race because one of them is an idiot. Yeah, he's <laughs> like literal brain damage. It is deeply upsetting to watch. Oh my god, I can't even imagine being Warnock either. Like. Guys, I would quit. I would I would have to leave the country. Do you, like it it would be so deeply embarrassing for me to lose to Herschel Walker. I would simply have to move. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So we met at the Altercation Comedy Festival down in Austin. Antoinette's set was so funny. It made me laugh so hard. I was like, I want to have that lady on the podcast. Ah, thank you. Yeah, you were <laughs> you were wonderful. And was that your first time in Austin? Uh, no, I actually, so I, I want to be clear about a couple things. That was my second time at altercation, uh, third time in Austin overall, but I was there to support Dante Powell, Day Peace, and Matthew Jacobson. I was actually not on that festival and, um, I was saying goodbye to Dante cause I was going to leave and JT goes, aren't you're a comedian too, right? Do you want time? And Dante, before I could answer said yes. And it was like, then Yes. <laughs> what That's he awesome. said and that is how that set happened um and I'm I'm really happy that it went well it felt great so I and I respect that festival so much I think JT books it so well and I like going to it because every comedian that I've ever seen there made me want to be better including you actually oh, <laughs> yeah including you uh so I I love that festival and I love Austin like going to visit so it was a great weekend hell yeah yeah I love that fest because it always just feels like everyone you meet there is very genuine and um I don't know maybe just like secure in themselves that you don't like sometimes when I go to fest I feel like people are very cliny and like mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable and then I say I'm from Green Bay and I just like disappear to them because they're like <laughs> you can't help me 
you're I not think, getting me that's anything. That's what's so special about altercation. JT, he doesn't book people who suck. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> it's easy to have a good time when everyone's a chill bad bitch. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I do love JT. He's such a good judge of character. It's great. And so awesome that Dante was like, yep, get her on stage. That's, that's amazing. He, he has been amazing to me ever since I started. So yeah, yeah. I can't say enough nice things, not to his face, only behind his back. Do I say nice? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dante Powell, who's a dad now. Those babies are so cute. So cute. Oh, and they torment him, which is all the better. <laughs> I love it. Love to see it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I imagine, uh, are you moving to Atlanta or what city are you moving to? I'm moving to uh, Atlanta, like the Atlanta area. My parents are from the Atlanta metro area. I feel like if anyone from Atlanta is listening, I have to be very specific because I don't want them in my inbox if I say a city and they're like, that's not Atlanta. Like, you know, <laughs> Atlanta, <is. laughs> they'll, they'll get over it. <laughs> no, it's the same thing with Chicago. Yeah, exactly. It's the exact same thing. I'm moving to West Midtown um, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But my parents live in Stone Mountain. Um, I can't be too close to them. I need to be far enough away where they have to tell me they're coming. I have parents. I understand that. <laughs> you got to set boundaries. Well, I've never been an adult near my parents, so I don't know what that is going to look like. Oh yeah. That will be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did you start comedy in Des Moines then? Yep. I started just before the pandemic, um, in February of 2020, uh, and then everything shut down. I did a couple shows here and there, but I don't feel like I really picked up until like 2021 last year. Yeah, that man, that's a hard time to start in comedy. Just when you get that tinge of excitement and then the whole world shut down, that was rough. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love Des Moines. Uh, a lot of my friends accuse me of being paid by the Board of Tourism of Des Moines because I'm always talking about it. But I just think it's a lovely city. It's very, um, you know, you got the sculpture garden and all the good restaurants and the comedy scene is really awesome. So I agree. Yeah. There's a, a lot to love here. I, I feel like it's a really well-kept secret that Des Moines doesn't suck. Oh yeah. I should shut my face. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> rent go up. <laughs> All right. So we have you on the podcast. How do you feel about horror Antoinette? Are you a big fan or where are you at? I, I wouldn't call myself a fan, but I don't hate it. I feel like I've seen a lot more horror movies than I think I've seen, but I don't go out of my way to try to watch them either. <laughs> like they'd have to be phenomenal. Like I'd have to go in like, wow, this filmmaker is amazing versus like, I just want to watch a horror film. Um, I think it's better when they're supernatural because I don't believe in all that, that deeply. So it's easier to get through it. <laughs> But mm, if it yeah. feels realistic, please leave me alone. Like, I can't watch the realistic ones. Yeah, that's kind of like when people really love true crime. It's like, oh, that could that could definitely happen. <laughs> yeah, I can't watch a movie and leave and go, that could happen. I will never let it go. I, no, I can't live that way. Yeah, no, me neither. So uh, what is the first horror movie you remember seeing as a kid? It is The Ring. It oh. is. So, yeah. 
It is the ring. So it's uh between the ring and when darkness falls. I can't remember which one came first for me. Um, because they're around the same time. I saw them both when I was in a summer camp as like an elementary school per, like child. <laughs> I'm just gonna pause for a moment to feel old, but <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. oh no, that's okay. I I accept it. I age gracefully. I was 22 when this movie came out. Um, <laughs> But yeah, for us to talk about tonight, Antoinette has chosen The Ring, 2002's um, story, the Japanese remake of the Japanese movie featuring Rachel, the mother, who is trying to protect her son Aiden from an evil spirit that is living within a video cassette. And, you know, you all know, you've all seen it. And, you know, in Bloody Mary, we go full spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, it's on Paramount Plus for free. Go check it out. Um, but yeah, Antoinette, what made you want to choose The Ring besides the fact that it's the first horror movie you saw? You know, I know this movie deeply traumatized me because I did not need to look up the plot to remember exactly what happened. Like beginning to end, I remember the rules before you die. And I was like, that's how trauma works. And like, <laughs> that's how I knew. <laughs> like, I need to pick this film. Um like you watch a tape, you get a call and then you die in seven days. And then even remembering like why and all that background, I I think the kind of thing that sits with you is the mark of a really good horror film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there's a lot of things happening in this movie. I felt, you know, uh, you've got this relationship between Noah Aiden and Rachel where, you know, it's kind of drawn out that you don't find out Noah is actually Aiden's father until they've been interacting for a while. And then there's like this weirdness between all of them. And it just felt very, um, I don't know, very um, odd. Like, I'm not sure what the point of that was in our story. I actually, so I did look up the the original because um, I while I knew the name of the the main like monster or ghost in the original I didn't know what the storyline there was I feel like it it's lost in translation right mm-hmm. like the original uh the woman goes and her ex-husband I think is like a psychic and it helps because like the monster is a psychic so they can communicate in that way. So I feel like maybe it was lost in translation for the American version and they just tried to make it work. Maybe. And you know, sometimes I like it when it's not spoon fed to us as viewers. Um, But Aiden, what a weird little guy. Like, (laughs) (laughs) But you don't like spoon fed. You don't like, wow, it's already been five years and today is November. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah so Aiden kind of freaked me out a lot in this movie like the way he called his mom Rachel like you know and that that may feel cultural to me because I really well I feel like where I grew up like we just always assumed that little white children called their parents by the first name (laughs) (laughs) not all children of the corn (laughs) and Really? Oh, that's just the cultural divide again. <laughs> Although you were in Iowa, there's a lot of corn there. It could be. I can't speak for <laughs> Iowa. 
Uh, but as a Wisconsin kid, Aiden creeped me out a lot. But yeah, he like it, it, throughout the movie, he is just so um, he acts much older than his age. You know, he like puts Rachel's dress out for her for the funeral. He makes his own lunch. Um, you know, he like has these conversations with his parents that I'm like, wow, I don't know if I could have that conversation with my parent as an adult. What about like, do you think that lends itself to the horror kind of um, rule book of like children who seem older than they are some somehow creepy? Yeah, I definitely feel they're creepy. But then it's also like, that's one of the main indicators of um, like children experiencing trauma, right? Like they are the caretaker. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's also that statement there about like Rachel and Noah are maybe a mess that yeah. we don't even know about. And this is Aiden's coping mechanism. Cause I feel like you're describing basically like young Sheldon from the big bang theory where he oh, was okay. like, like also very like much older for his age, but I, I kind of feel like that's something a lot of horror movies do when they're really leaning into like the creepy trope of like they'll have a child who's stoic and they'll say things in a deadpan to to really lend itself to the the creepiness of everything. You're absolutely right. And as a horror fan, I've learned one thing is you can't trust kids. You can never trust children. And I don't know where that came from, but anytime a child is in a film, I want to throw them out a window. I know, like, oh, it's going to be the child. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, especially the, okay, there was like a couple times where like the young girl who had the wig on, you know, I swear to God, it was Aiden in a wig. Like it looked like Aiden's face. Did I imagine that? Or did you in a sense that too? I need to, I would have to look that one up. Maybe I was just tired. <laughs> like they're all Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> this kid really did a number on you. I think he did. He's he got under my skin. <laughs> oh yeah. The conversation Aiden has with his dad, Noah though, is uh, he asks him or Noah asks, do you want me around more? And Noah turns it around just totally deadpan and says, do you want to be around more? And then Aiden says, it's a real conundrum. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's a child that is in touch with their um, emotional intelligence. Very much in touch with their emotions. Yeah. And I was was saying, and he was 10 at this point. That's like a very big word for a 10-year-old. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, the overall theme, I think, of The Ring is just this idea that your curiosity can be your own undoing, you know? Mm-hmm. because it's like if you I, I also feel like I've watched enough horror movies where if someone was like hey I have this video and if you watch it in seven days you'll die I'll be like I'm good like <laughs> I don't need to watch it like I don't know do you would you watch it if someone was no. like mysterious video no I also I feel like at this point a I wouldn't have anything to watch it on so that there goes that <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I I do have to say that the ring was less scary because I haven't been in a house with a VCR or a landline in like 20 years. So I was like, okay, we can watch this. Do you think she would upgrade to like 
a DVD or suddenly there'd be a strange Netflix film. Ooh, I could see it like as a streaming thing. Definitely. Yeah. I was also kind of laughing to myself about like, is this a metaphor for the memes that made all our boomer parents go crazy QAnon? <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh that's a good point oh I no know, right I had to have a talk with my mom I was like okay people your age your friends might send you links on Facebook and you need to know anyone can put anything on YouTube and uh you know and just like having the talk with my mom <laughs> they, they can put anything they don't even check it no one's checking if that's real exactly oh yeah. man you know, you know, I said I wouldn't watch it, but I know I would I would totally watch it. I would be like, would it's not it. going to kill me. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't watch it because it looked very low budget and I would not be into that. <laughs> you are right. It did have a very student film look to it. <laughs> like you would sit through it for a friend like, oh, yeah, it's really good. I get, I get it. <laughs> Because I, I just think at like, yes, it was an unmarked videotape, but it, if we're talking like 2022, I would have to question like what the package would look like, like what you make it look like a Marvel movie just dropped and then trick people into watching it. Oh. Or is it honestly, like, you'll die if you watch this because there was no, it doesn't, it, it doesn't hold up against time, that film. Yeah, exactly. And then the way that they realize they can beat Samara and um, or appease Samara because Samara, the demon just wants to be heard mm -hmm. uh, is that they make copies of the tape. Mm -hmm. And what do you think the story is saying with that? Like, what is the theme of that? Like if you are somehow part of the violence, it's okay. I don't understand. It feels like a bad message. <laughs> I think it is a bad mess because you're basically like spreading violence. But also, like, do they tell people that like when they make copies of the tape, do they I can't remember. Do they add anything that's like, hey, once you watch this, you should also make a copy of this tape. Yeah, <laughs> it was Samara at the end of the video. If you enjoyed this video, like and subscribe, <laughs> send it to all your friends. Um, no, I think Rachel, the mom, just figured it out because Noah died and then she didn't. And she was like, what did I do differently that Noah didn't do? And she then she remembered she made a copy. So when I was looking up the, the Japanese version, I think it I can't I don't think they had to make copies of the tape, if I remember correctly. Oh, really? How did they beat it in Japan? Let's find out together. <laughs> um. Oh wait. Oh no. Yep, it is. Yep, they made the copy. Mm -hmm. Uh, guided by an apparition, she deduces the actual way to break the curse: copying the tape and showing it to someone else within seven days, effectively letting the curse spread. You know, this reminds me. <laughs> very much of like a virus like mm -hmm. if there were a virus that left you alone if you would go spread it to other people yeah and you know I just can't, I since I am a union organizer in my day job I can't help but think of it as like a social justice construct and how sometimes people find it easier 
to just live with terrible things than to be the one that speaks out against it because the one that speaks out against it gets a target on their back. Mm. It also, I think it also has kind of a nihilist theme to it where like, what if the message here is that people are willing to let other people die if it saves themselves? Oof. <laughs> right? <laughs> it did feel like that. It feels like that. I'm a nail on the head. I, I think that if I had to pick one, especially knowing this came from Japan, if I had to pick one, that would probably be the true horror of turning against your countrymen to save yourself. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal movie. <laughs> it got dark. It got politically dark. It did. And it's the only movie that has made me Google the question, can horses swim? <laughs> they can. Yeah. They I found out they can. Horses. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, oh, the interaction with the horses in this movie was unnerving. Also, um, Rachel's character is on a, like a barge with her car going across a large body of water to get to the island where Samara lived and to find out more about the, um, the doctor that worked with her, but she encounters this horse and the horse just starts going insane in this carriage it was in and then Mm -hmm. breaks out. And no one on the entire ferry is like, oh, hey, what's going on? That's weird. <laughs> it's just like this horse I gone think, nuts. And that I think that's another like horror film trope, right? Like animals can sense evil. Mm-hmm. That that one, it was a big part of Get Out to or not Get Out. Um, uh, nope. Of like, oh, and, yeah, yeah right. animals yeah. can sense bad things. Yeah, definitely. And that horse did not want to be anywhere near Rachel. I wouldn't, but could you imagine being an animal and you can see like evil around someone and you're like, please, please get this. Please, ma'am, please go (laughs) away over there. You're too close to me. I need you to back up. Like, it feels like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, evil was radiating off them because you saw it in uh, any film version of them that was captured after they've been infected, which speaks back to your virus theory as well. Because they're um, when they Noah was on the um, tape at the little like bodega store, his face was all wonky. Mm-hmm. No one else's was. I think I like I said. I think it lends itself to like how far would you go to screw other people over just to save yourself. Man, <laughs> I I like to think that I wouldn't do it. I hope I wouldn't do it. That You, you don't think you'd make copies of the tape if it meant you didn't die? No. I feel like I would make copies of the tape, but have a sticker on it that says, make copies after you watch. <laughs> Everybody just keep making copies, but then burn them. Right, because, well, if you make copies and other people, like, if everyone made a copy after they saw it, then no one would die, and you would have gotten whatever weird message she was trying to send. You know what? And no one has VCRs anyway, so you're absolutely right. <laughs> if you if you make Football. a copy of the tape and they don't play it, do they still die, or do you still die? Like, that would be my mm-hmm. question. Like, what are the rules here? Ma'am, can we negotiate on this? Yeah, I like your style. I think we can negotiate some loopholes there and make (laughs) everybody happy. (laughs) (laughs) So Samara 
Ooh, she had a rough shake of it. And, you know, at first, when we first meet her, we just feel incredibly sorry for her because, man, that is a a rough family life to be put into. You know, dad is um, not great. Mom throws you down a well after suffocating you. Jesus. So, like, I felt really bad for Samara. But then, you know, through these tapes, we find out Samara enjoys hurting people. <laughs> like a sadist yeah (laughs) for sure and like it was very uh like they didn't really talk about where samara came from it was all very mysterious Mm -hmm. there was a lot in the movie between the personal relationships of the characters that was mysterious and kind of left for the viewer to figure out which um i kind of enjoyed um but meeting samara more um, those tapes freaked me out because one is just children are creepy. And then, you know, the sterileness of the the medical environment and your natural instinct is to feel bad because it's this little kid. But um, yeah, then she starts talking and you're like, Ooh. which leads <laughs> me back to my original thought of like, don't trust children. <laughs> what if this whole thing is like, propaganda to keep people from having kids i'm in it i like it (laughs) (laughs) i could see that very elaborate propaganda yeah the place where the dad had put samara to live like that room up on top the barn with Mm -hmm. excuse me with the ladder and she only got a tv i couldn't help but wonder if that was a statement on like maybe as a country, we've left a whole generation of kids to just be raised by television. And uh, maybe it's not good for their mental health. I I can see that being being the case here. I'm, I feel like it's it also lends itself to like tr- attributing abuse to just letting the screen raise your child. Mm. Like I see that being the statement of like everyone just puts their kid in front of an iPad and walks away. Yeah. But also, I was a latchkey kid that watched way too much TV, and I don't want to murder anyone. So, I am also a latchkey kid. I would, I feel like I don't agree with that sentiment at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, you're responsible for how your child turns out. Um, but I, I can see that being the statement of too much TV rots the brain, and oh, also yeah. probably turns your psychic child into a monster. <laughs> Oh, so there was another um, theme that jumped out at me, and it was when Rachel, the mom, goes to that small island and starts talking to the doctor, um, the woman psychiatrist, about um, Samara's case. And also, just got to say, terrible doctor. Like, wow, telling everybody everybody's business. Okay. Um, Dr. Patient confidentiality out of the window. Yeah, just letting it go. Um, But she says something... Um, when she's talking about Samara and she's like, when some, it's a small Island, when someone has a cold, we all have a cold. And I know that it was probably meant as like, it's a small town. We all know each other's business, but I kind of liked the sentiment of like, we all feel each other's pain. I, and that's what I, I really, I really think the whole story lends itself to 
like I said, like Japanese culture, this idea that your your fellow man is your countryman. You all have this community, this camaraderie. And so that that whole thing of like, when I feel pain, you feel pain and vice versa, that feels very on brand for kind of how that culture operates um, of looking out for one another. What I think is crazy in the American, um, the context of American culture is that feels creepy to us. Yeah, you're not wrong. Because <laughs> it's like, if you sick, you need to stay over there away from me. I'm not helping. Yeah. So I think I think it lends itself to like, this is creepy to us, but probably inconsequential and normal to other cultures. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, so- I think it's interesting what you were saying about... Um, how Samara was trapped and like how she was treated because like in Japan's version she killed a journalist because her mom also had psychic abilities and they denied it and um she was tracked down by uh maybe a researcher or another journalist or something like that who pushed her into a like into into um the well Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yep. It was a doctor. A doctor trapped her in there. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I feel embarrassed. I should have watched the Japanese one, too. Sorry. No, no, no. Well, I looked it up. I didn't. I did not have time to watch it. I probably will, though, because it actually looks very interesting. But um, a, a doctor pushed her into the well and trapped her inside. And she was apparently alive for a long time and then projected her image onto a videotape, like her rage. And that's oh. where it came. Nice. Yeah, I got to say, when they go to the cabin to find, like, they're looking for clues in some way to get to Samara, they start hacking the floor and with an axe and chopping it up. And I got to say, these poor cabin owners, because at first, Rachel's cousin doesn't pay for her cabin, just leaves. And when Rachel goes back, the guy's like, yeah, they stayed here. Teenagers didn't pay. And he's kind of like, are you going to offer to pay for your little cousins? <laughs> and Rachel's just like, I'll take cabin 12. Like no, like notice of all of like, oh yeah, I'll make up for my dumb teenage cousin. Um, and then they destroy the floor. So that Airbnb risk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gotta say after barbarian, I'm not staying at an Airbnb ever again. <laughs> you know what? I feel like, and I don't even have TikTok. So I see TikToks in passing on like Twitter and Instagram. And it's made me very paranoid in every Airbnb. I'm sitting there like an idiot, shining my flashlight on all surfaces to see if there's a hidden camera. Oh. And it feels so ridiculous every time. I stayed at an Airbnb once and the neighbor's um, Wi-Fi name was they're watching you. And I was like, I don't like it here. so messed up but very funny i feel like that's a very interesting level of troll yeah it yeah it's it shook me a little bit i was like oh that doesn't even if it is a joke i don't like it (laughs) so there's a and if anyone's listening and they haven't heard this there's a trick where if you shine your flashlight on your phone onto like a camera lens it like shines back at you so you can easily see when something is a camera if even if it's hidden oh 
Yeah, there are a bunch of TikToks about it of people who found cameras in their Airbnbs and reported it. At this point, I feel like I've just become comfortable with my body. And so if you have pictures of me with my shirt off, it is what it is. Like, do I look good or not? Like, where are you posting it? And can I get a cut? Yeah, I am. Uh, I agree. I'm totally that old lady at the YMCA that's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting dressed. I'm taking my time. I don't care. I might go in the sauna. <laughs> oh, man, I am totally Googling those TikToks after this. Um, yes. I want to see that. All right. Were there any other themes that jumped out at you in this movie? Um, I think my major theme is that children are scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I didn't watch TV for a very long time after seeing this movie. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. It took a while for me to be comfortable watching TV because I was still at an age where I believed in stuff like that. Like I, at that age, I could have sworn to you that I heard like bells on Christmas morning. Like I, I truly believed in a lot of supernatural stuff. And so I did not want to see anyone crawling out of my tv they unplugged the tv at one point and shit was still happening that no yeah it did feel like that broke the rules uh <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not fair she's not playing fair yeah, uh-huh. i will admit watching samara climb out of the tv it creeped me out now even like 20 years later i was like oh that's unsavory i don't like it <laughs> but what i love and i think what I really appreciate is like Japanese horror is a in a league of its own like even the grudge which is also based on um, a Japanese film like they make really good horror mm-hmm. like they know what they're doing so I think that was the as I got older I grew to appreciate that like I can appreciate a really well done horror film will I ever watch it again no but <laughs> I can appreciate it. <laughs> so I know it's uh, weird to ask because this is a movie that made you not want to watch TV as a kid because it frightened you so much. But what are your favorite parts of this movie? Um, My favorite part, you know, I actually do like the part where they figure out what's going on Um, because she like she did experience trauma. And then figuring out what happened to her and how to help spread her message. Like, I didn't, I didn't hate that. And I think even as an adult, it's like, oh, yeah, spread the curse so that this crazed child can feel heard. I think the message there and going back to what you said about themes is like, at the end of the day, children want to feel like the adults in their lives see them. Mm-hmm. and this child did not feel seen and now look at her she's killing people left and right <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah. I think that's a very powerful takeaway from that absolutely and that kind of mirrors Aiden's situation with his parents like he just wants Rachel and Noah to to be his damn parents you know <laughs> yeah it's like can y'all chill yeah yeah I, I got to say my favorite part of this movie is where you think they've solved everything and Nicole or not Nicole Kidman. Where am I? Um, Rachel is, um, you know, just feeling very triumphant. Right. And then they realize, psych, ah, Samara is evil and she's coming. And uh, I love that. 
I mean, I don't want to say I love it, but I feel like it was very um, fun as a horror viewer for the happy ending to be taken away, you know. I don't. So since I don't watch like a large amount of horror films, are surprise like twists very common? I watch a lot of psych thrillers, which, you know, twists are all the time. Mm -hmm. In horror, is that also very common? Yeah, yeah. But. I think sometimes you you could see it coming a bit more than it did in the ring because it really did feel like yes we're doing it you know like, did it we come and together as a family. yeah and then he died anyway and why did he die <laughs> yeah so I, when I was watching it the other night I was kind of like ooh ooh that's good uh, ah. yeah I I think that's a a really fair I think and. It's not my favorite part, but the image that sticks in my head all these years later is still her coming out of the TV. I think it's iconic. It's good. That it's crawl so good. with the hair that looks like it hasn't been conditioned in three years. Like, it's just... <laughs> yeah, she needs a spa day. <laughs> I also love how they made her skin look like it was like on black and white TV. Right? Yeah. Yes. cool. Yeah. I just... The the effects of it are really good. I thought it, I think like it's just a really well-made movie, especially if it's something that can stick in someone's head that long. Like that, it's iconic. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It was a great choice. It was really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, any final thoughts on The Ring or anything else you want to add? Um, I think it's a quintessential horror movie. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it exactly once and then never again. <laughs> Or are we tricking you into watching it? So <laughs> you're part of this now. You have You know what? Days. I think I remember at the end of the movie, don't they show you the full tape? And yeah. they're like, why? Yeah, it could be you. I think that's why I was scarred. I think yeah. that's it. Like, Damn it, Rachel and Aiden. I didn't agree to this. Yeah, exactly. Bringing me into your family drama. <laughs> oh, man. So Antoinette, where can people find out more about you and what do you got coming up? What are you excited about? Oh my goodness. Well, I'm excited about my move. I'll be in Atlanta. So if you're someone in Atlanta who has shows that you're booking for, you can find me um, at Antoinette Stevens comedy on Instagram. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Antoinette zero X 53. And I would love to connect my, like you can, I have a website, AntoinetteStevens.com. It's not updated. Maybe I'll try to update it before this, this comes out. <laughs> but I would love I to think just say just having a website. You're ahead of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I had it for tech stuff and then I started comedy and was like, well, I guess I could use it for this too. So I was gonna ask you, what kind of tech stuff do you do? You said you're in security, but also text. Are you like I'm just imagining like CSI stuff? I don't know. I do cybersecurity. Um, so like you you probably heard of hackers. I work for companies to help detect when that's happening. Ah, so you're fighting all the Russian sex bots. Yeah. I would hope I don't have to face off with any Russians or any kind of <laughs> I I don't think people get how good they are. It's like hard. Really? Oh wow. Yeah, and it, it would be stressful. Um, not saying I don't have the capabilities, but I, I like to live a soft life. 
and that is not. <laughs> what drew you? What drew you to that kind of work? Uh, I like so it's like being a detective without being a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar. That's I, yeah, I, like, I get it. I like solving puzzles. It I like to use my brain in that way. Um, I I like problem solving, and it's cool to do that without the guilt of being in an institution that kills people. So yay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely <laughs> agree. Well, <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for telling us a little bit more about your life and sharing the ring with us. It has been a joy to have you on and we'll have all Antoinette's links in the description of the episode so you can catch up with her and follow her on her comedic journey to Atlanta. Uh, thank you so much for being here tonight. That's been Bloody Mary and I've been Kristen Lighty and that's been Antoinette. Why are you creeping up?